Hey folks, this is Bob Frazier. Thanks for joining me as we take a walk through Oklahoma history. No one left a larger impact on Oklahoma in the early 1900s than Frank Phillips, the founder of Phillips Petroleum Company. But before we get to know Frank, let's go back even further and see what Oklahoma looked like in the late 1800s. By the end of the Civil War, there was a large migration of people to the West. For some people, it was for new beginnings. Others came out of pure adventure. But many came for a much different reason, and that was to hide from the law. Indian Territory had been established by the United States government, and by the late 1800s, it was made up primarily of what is now Oklahoma. While statehood in 1907 was right around the corner, what would one day be called Oklahoma was the very meaning of the words Wild West. Indian Territory was the perfect place for the convicted and the unconvicted to run to hide. We collected some of the worst outlaws who found the perfect hiding place within our borders. Now to call this place dangerous was an understatement. People were warned not to travel through the Indian Territory due to the very good chance that they would be robbed or even worse. Why was this the perfect place for them to hide? Well, for one thing, the rugged terrain and the grassy plains provided a great place to hide, made even better by an ample supply of wildlife for food and drinking water. But that was not the main reason the outlaws came here. The number one reason was there was absolutely no law in the territory. No sheriff, no marshals. It was wide open to whatever the outlaw wanted. As the author Michael Wallace put so well in his book, Oil Man, there was no God west of St. Louis and no law west of Fort Smith. Well, that was true until 1875, when the dangers of Indian Territory became so bad that Judge Parker was named to the U.S. Court of the Western District of Arkansas. Parker's goal was to establish some form of law and control in this out-of-control territory. During Judge Parker's 20 years on the bench, he handed down almost 10,000 convictions and sentenced many of those to hang from a rope, which is how he got the nickname, the Hanging Judge. So while this brought some sense of order to part of the Indian Territory, it made matters even worse for Northeast Oklahoma. For when the law came to the area, the most ruthless criminals fled to what is now primarily Osage County, near Woolerock Museum, just southwest of Bartlesville. Here they found the perfect hiding spot, within the post oak forest, canyons, valleys, and an abundance of natural springs. However, there was something else besides outlaws in the Osage Hills. Something dark, messy, smelly, that seemed to seep out of the ground all over the Osage. Oil. This, my friends, was a game changer. So now that we know the backstory of that time, let's meet Frank Phillips. As a young boy, Frank had a deep passion for the lifestyle of the cowboy in the Wild West. So much so that at the age of 16, he packed up and traveled west through Colorado, Wyoming, and into California, 
earning a living by cutting hair in the mining camps along the way. After a few years, Frank returned home to Creston, Iowa, and opened up a barber shop. One of his good customers and a friend was a man by the name of John Gibson, who happened to be the president of the bank in Creston. Gibson had a pretty dark-haired daughter by the name of Jane Gibson. Frank fell in love with that pretty brunette, and they got married. Now, John Gibson didn't mind his friend being a banker, but he wanted a bit more for his son-in-law, so he hired Frank to work at his bank. That proved to be a very smart hire, as in no time, Frank Phillips proved to be quite the salesman, and he was on the road selling bonds for the bank. Now, in 1903, as Phillips was returning home from a successful business trip to Chicago, Frank made a stopover in St. Louis so he could visit the World's Fair. While there, he ran into the Reverend C.B. Larrabee, a Methodist minister from Frank's hometown of Creston, Iowa. Larrabee told Frank that he was returning home after ministering to the unfaithful in Indian Territory. He described this wild country to Frank, telling him about the outlaws, bootleggers, prostitutes, gamblers, and thieves. Quite the challenge for the Reverend Larrabee. But then the minister said the magic words. He told Frank about a small town in the Indian Territory by the name of Bartlesville, where he said people were moving in large numbers because oil was flowing out of the ground like water and people are getting rich. Hearing that, Frank Phillips said goodbye, caught the next train home to Creston, raced into his father-in-law's office, and proclaimed that their future was in a place called Indian Territory, and oil was the winning ticket. By the time they got home that night for dinner, they had booked their train tickets to the Indian Territory. Now, to describe what they found when they arrived in Bartlesville as rough is quite the understatement. Cowboys on horseback running cattle through the streets, men passed out on the sidewalks, and the sounds of gunfire could be heard throughout the town. The town smelled of whiskey, oil, and greed. But Frank Phillips smelled something else. He smelled opportunity. Instead of being discouraged by what he saw, he knew for certain that this is where he belonged. His future was in this rough town, thanks to oil. Frank convinced his brother, L.E., to move to Bartlesville and join him. Together, in 1905, they opened Citizens Bank and Trust, for it was banking they knew, but oil that they wanted. In those early years at the bank, Frank would frustrate his brother by continuing to make loans to known outlaws from the area. Loans of $50, $100, $200 were often made by Frank, and he confidently told his brother not to worry that they would be repaid, and they usually were. But Frank wasn't making just a loan. Frank was buying insurance because, you see, at that time there were several banks in that area, and bank robberies were almost a weekly thing. But the outlaws never robbed Frank's bank because that was their bank. And that is an insight into vintage 
Frank Phillips. So soon, Frank and his brother drilled their first well without any luck. In fact, their second and third wells were as dry as the hot Oklahoma wind. The brothers had just enough money to drill a fourth well. And on September 6, 1905, luck finally shined on the Phillips brothers as they hit true-to-life gusher, producing 250 barrels of oil a day. Whether it was luck, skill, or divine help, the Phillips brothers hit the next 81 wells in a row without a single dry hole. Frank Phillips was a very rich man, and he established roots in the very town that he sensed two years earlier to be his destiny. Within a few years, Frank built his beautiful mansion in downtown Bartlesville, putting a stake in the ground and proclaiming that Bartlesville was where he was going to remain. Many other oil companies came to Bartlesville. A strong business community was developed. Homes were built. A strong and successful downtown evolved. It is amazing to think about it today, but in 20 short years, Bartlesville had transformed from a dangerous town of outlaws to a city of hope and prosperity. Bartlesville and Frank Phillips never looked back. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Bob Frazier, and remember, trust everyone, but be sure you cut the cards.